Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not so favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So John. Yeah. If you were in a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, what class of character would you want to be? Barbarian, wizard, thief? What what appeals to I, you? The thief thing is cool because you could be invisible. That I I mean, with invisibility, you could do anything, really. Yeah, no, yeah. that's cool. I mean, for me, the barbarian is just the, the attraction. It's yeah, point me at the big villainy thing and just I'll just go and hit it just start swinging my club <laughs> and, and you're in a realm of magic so you know whatever you can get healed up and you're fine yeah you're okay yep there's no danger there yeah. it's temporary danger exactly it's, it's, well it's cartoon danger right it's cartoon exactly <laughs> limited peril <laughs> well uh of course we gotta ask the question about dungeons and dragons because we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon, the cartoon from the nineteen eighties. Yeah. Yep, and I remember watching this one. Yeah, I vividly I remember seeing this. Yeah. Did you Did you enjoy it, or did I, you watch a lot of it, or I did because I had some friends who were into the gaming thing. I never really got into the gaming thing because mm-hmm. for me, life was about baseball and being outside or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had some friends that were in that world, so it was always interesting to me to kind of understand what was going on. So when they started talking about their gaming, I had a general idea what oh. was happening. Yeah, sure. No, I remember. I remember, I remember it being on Saturday mornings and distinctly sitting down and, and making a point to watch segments of it, but I, I can't recall ever sitting down and watching an entire episode until oh, really? we did it for this podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just, it, it's weird because everything about this just rings bells that this is everything that I would like. Sure. And but yet, why didn't I watch it? It then? just, it didn't <laughs> click for some huh. reason. So yeah. yeah, it's curious, but, right. but I mean, I really imagine watching a cartoon about a group of kids who are magically transported to a distant world and every episode is focused on their attempts to get home. And when the series ends, they're still trying to get home. Yeah. And nothing has changed. Not even, there's not even an unsatisfactory resolution. There's no resolution whatsoever. Right. And that, is Dungeons and Dragons the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's similar to, you remember Quantum Leap, yeah. where at the end, it's like the saddest moment in television history is Dr. Sam Beckett never returned home. Right. You know, and like these kids are stuck forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All because reality stepped in yeah. and stopped the series from ending at all. At all. Right. <laughs> and we can talk about that later. Yes, absolutely. There's some controversy on whether it ended or not. Yes. And there's some, I, there had to have been some writing on the wall for the writers and the producers to see, yeah, this thing's we might not make it we're done yeah <laughs> 26 episodes we're good yeah but i mean that's the reality with cartoons in general and of course that's the reality with dungeons and dragons yeah um for anybody who's not familiar the dungeons and dragons it's it's a game that's basically theater of the mind it is it consists of all the players one person who is the game leader or the dungeon master who basically has a story outline and all the individual players are characters within that story. Yeah. And based on the decisions they all make individually, they roll dice to see what happens. They battle things, creatures, things and that. And however it all goes, they move through the story and they, they tell, they basically create a story together. Yeah. So and it's a game of chance, but there are, you have certain skills that improve or 
or threaten your odds of success. Correct. Right? And, and yeah. your, your character may be really successful. Your character may die. Right. And that's that's the end of it. Yeah. But there's no the, the trick. The, the trick to all this is there's no winner or loser. You can't win the game of Dungeons and Dragons. You, I mean, I guess you could lose it if you play with a bunch of bums. But yeah. <laughs> uh, then it's just a miserable. And all experience. your characters die. But, yeah. but I mean, you, you, there's no. There's no def- definite winning or losing. It's just it's, you tell a story together. Yeah, that's, that's the basic idea. Though. Yeah. So with that in mind, I mean that's that's the basic game that was created in 1974. Mm-hmm. That was uh, so this tabletop role playing game. It was in the upper Midwest, actually Minnesota and Wisconsin. Oh, really? Where the uh, the the original players. Um, it slowly grew in popularity throughout the 70s, yeah. and then. One of the factors that so because you hit the eighties and suddenly it really started to escalate and grow. Yeah, and one of the major factors is the attention that rose from the Satanic Panic at the time, which was that Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. It's it's demonic and it's satanic, and people are you know, it's going to kill your kids. Yeah, they're brainwashing your kids into being satanists. Right, and yeah, the, the what spurred that was a handful of suicides, both um, college and high school age students sure who who took their own lives sadly and the parents would blame the game they blame the game like oh they're playing this game clearly it was that game it's sure you know it's not my lack of attention or whatever factors are going on in this child's life that i don't know about right so uh it it became you know very newsworthy of course you know sure as we, we kind of see, life is cyclical. And right. If it's not Dungeons and Dragons, it's video games or it's something else. Something I mean, else. even now you see the same thing happening over well, and over. Well, if people mom go, and dad don't want me to have that, I want that. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. that, that was the that was the key to made it make it popular. So there was one particular woman who her her uh, teenage son uh, took his own life, and so she started a national organization against dungeons and dragons she actually it was something like mad but it was like mothers against dungeons and dragons or something like that and she kept she kept getting oxygen because she kept getting these tv features the biggest one being on 60 minutes which if you ever get a chance to go back and listen to it it is like 20 minutes of like the worst journalism you've ever seen really from 60 minutes (laughs) exactly you think better but it's it's so slanted towards her story i mean they actually bring in um Gary Gygax, who's one of the co-founders of the game, um, TSR is the the company that founded. He was one of the two guys that started it, and he's like, "Yeah, that has nothing to do with this game." That's right. not, yeah. I mean, he's just like, kind of spouting facts, and they're like, they kind of like like whatever. But yeah. your kids, you know, watch your kids when playing this game. Come on. Yeah. But as you said, how else are you going to get teenagers to do something other than having adults tell them to never do it? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and suddenly the game blows up. Sure. And it becomes much, but still it's never like mainstream. It's never like the cool kids aren't playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's, right. It's, you know, the jocks and then there's the, the nerds and, and that's kind of light out in part of why it's become popular and more popular now is stranger things. Sure. It's actually, yeah. it, it plays a significant role in the hellfire in club. Things. Yep. And they tried to pin that satanic cult stuff on them too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they pulled that from real life. I mean, obviously yeah. the monsters in real life in, in that world are not the same, but sure. Uh, <laughs> a little but different, but yeah, between stranger things and then you have a um, resurgence in actually with the pandemic, it made a difference. People streaming online, playing their games online, online yeah. and in podcasts, even they play their games and people are discovering it more that way. And there's even a new Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out this year. I believe it's in spring. Spring? Okay. Um, with, uh, I can't remember, so never mind. I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember who the um, Chris Pine 
Oh, Chris Pine from Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Pine from Star Trek and yes. Wonder Woman movies. Correct. Yep. Yep. So he's yeah. he's oh the, that'll be good. Lead, so. I like him. So a very mainstream way to bring it in. So. Yeah. So it's it's growing in popularity, but um, the big thing of all things is the you know obviously no publicity is bad publicity. I guess sure. It's, yeah. Um, so they they actually TSR the the the, the people who started it decided. Let's strike while the iron's hot. Right. <laughs> this is getting popular. Let's let how else can we get the new word out there? We're getting teenagers. How do we get younger kids? And yeah. so they partnered up with Marvel Productions to start a Monday uh, Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, they got Toei Animation in J- in Japan to actually put it together. And Gary Gygax, the aforementioned Gary Gygax, um, also served as the consultant and he's a co-producer on the show to kind of make sure it kind of towed a line between what's real within the game and then like, well, what can we fudge and what can we change? Yeah. To what's canon work? and what's not? Exactly. Because yeah. the, the trick in that is finding out how do you translate a theater of the mind piece into an actual like theater of the television, like an right. actual visual element. And so they had to find a way to connect kids quickly to what this is, what it's all about, and then how do we move it forward? And they, I thought they did a brilliant way with that. Is yeah, that's the intro, right? It's the intro of every single episode. Is yep. these kids are at an amusement park? They get on this dark ride uh, called Dungeons and Dragons, and suddenly they get transported into all of this, a sudden they're in a different world, this different world, and yeah. then you find out what their roles are. You get a barbarian, you get a ranger, a thief, an a acrobat, a magician, yep. and a bar and a. Am I missing one? Oh, uh, the Cavalier. Sorry. Oh, how, Cavalier. Can I, how can I forget Eric the Cavalier? Eric the Cavalier. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, it's just a quick way for everybody to be able to jump in and pull in. And um, and they, they, the, the story went before they inter- immediately introduced the, the main antagonist, Venger. Yep. And the show takes off and it's debuted on CBS on September 17th, 1983. Runs for three seasons, a total of 26 episodes. And before it was mostly canceled before it could sure. wrap up um yeah. you know it's like like it's the so this you know we talked about the satanic the source inspiration being being a source of controversy this cartoon is contra- controversial from one of the ep- one episode in particular but some of it was just considered a little violent or uh-huh. a little too adult for the the audience for little kids yeah and um it would lead to a premature end so the final episode aired on december 7th 1985 so there's a lot to talk about in terms of all the factors of why the show ended when it did. And did and, it end? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, but but still, it was um, it was a it was actually a very popular show. It actually did very well ratings wise. And yeah. part of it's the source material. And part of it, I think, is the the voices behind the characters who yeah. did an interesting job in terms of bringing these to life. Yeah, this was a cool cast. Um, not, I mean, some huge names, obviously, but but some names where they didn't really do a lot of other things, but they did a really good job at this. Um, Katie Lee, the Sheila the Thief, she was on Muppet Babies as Ralph. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of cool, you know. And then um, Adventures of Gummy Bears, Sunny, uh, and Darkwing Duck, she was Honker Muddlefoot. Hmm. So she had some good, you know, yeah. credits to her name in, in animation. Uh, Willie Ames was Hank the Ranger. Um, he was on Eight is Enough as Bobby Bradford, um, most famously as Buddy Lembeck on Charles, Charles is in Charge. Charge. Yeah. Um, and I found out spent five years as a cruise director on a six-star line circling the globe. Wow. Who knew? Interesting. Yeah. Um, Don think, Most. I think people asked him to do like, hey, do a Buddy Lembeck. Do the Buddy thing. Yeah. Please. <laughs> please. 
I'll throw you overboard if you ask me that again. Um, Don Most was Eric the Cavalier, which Don Most, Happy Days, Ralph, yeah, Ralph from Ralph Happy Mouth. Days. Yeah, Ralph Mouth. Um, and he was on Glee um, recently, most recently was on Glee. Um, but that was so cool listening to Ralph from Happy Days on this cartoon. Um <laughs> And then we have Teddy Field as Bobby the Barbarian. He was Spike on the Mr. T cartoon. Hmm. Um, and he auditioned for this show, actually, without his parents' permission, because his dad was one of the producers. Oh, and he wanted to audition without being, oh, this is so-and-so's kid. Sure. Um, and, he, and he got the role. Um, Sidney Miller was the dungeon master. And as it happens, as the dungeon master would often just disappear, this guy disappeared. I couldn't find anything else on this guy. I went to Google. I went everywhere. I just if someone else has found something on Sidney Miller, let me know because I couldn't find anything. Well, when this show wrapped up, his story was told, and there was nothing more to do. Nothing more to do. He just disappeared like <laughs> yeah. he did in every episode. Um, but he did a great job. I mean, yeah. that character was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Tanya Gale Smith was Diana the Acrobat. Um, the only other thing I found on her is she did one episode of The Facts of Life, and she was fan number one. <laughs> um, hey it's better than fan number two yeah and then we obviously peter cullen is wenger i mean i don't know if we need to explain who peter cullen is anymore i mean just this guy's an icon um and frank welker as uni the the little unicorn <laughs> you know he didn't really have any words he just made sounds which frank welker's really good at yeah you know if there's an animal in a cartoon you, you go frank get welker. frank welker yeah um, and then one other character that, that I want to spend a little more time on, um, Presto the Magician, was voiced by Adam Rich. Um, Adam Rich was on Eight is Enough as the youngest Bradford Nicholas. Uh, also appeared on Fantasy Island. He was on Chips, um, Small Wonder, Code Red, um, and played himself in the 2003 David Spade comedy, Dickie Roberts, former child star, yeah. um, which is appropriate. Yeah, it seems appropriate. I've never seen it, but it seems yeah, like, it would be seems like a great fit. It, yeah. Um, so you passed on the news to me uh, that just today he, Adam Rich, passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 54 years old. Not a lot of information on it yet. Um, but I, I know he did have a history of uh, drug and alcohol abuse and had been in rehab. I mean, Dick Van Patten had bailed him out of jail once because he had done something, um, assuming it had something to do with his addictions. Yeah. Um, but was ironic is in 1996 he participated in a hoax that falsely reported that he had passed away, hmm. and it was to point out the unhealthy attachment and attention we give to celebrities. Mm-hmm. As written by heartbreaking work of a staggering genius author Dave Eggers, so Adam Rich uh, unfortunately passed away today, as mm-hmm. you know, the day we're recording this. Um, he was born in 1968. Uh, he was 54 years old. So uh, he was the child star. Yeah. You know, at that time. So. Yeah. And that's, I mean, yeah, all the, all the trappings that came with it with the, obviously you mentioned the drug addiction and yep. all the, all the, uh, the fame and the unwanted fame that comes with something like that when yeah. you're just a kid and. Yeah, and he was yeah. a little kid when he yeah. did Ada's name. He was the youngest child on yes. that show. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunate news to hear. Yeah, that's sad to hear. Yep. But he did a heck of a job. I thought he, he, he did a nice job. He as, did great. Yeah. You know, Presto was like uh, always kind of unsure of himself, mm-hmm. can we say? You know, yeah. you never really knew what he was going to 
come out of that hat. He'd make up some kind of rhyme and he'd just go with whatever showed up. And it would always be bad. Yeah. <laughs> he basically bad. failed at all of it, but yep. somehow it would still work out. Mildly yeah. successful. Yes. But yeah, not exactly what he wanted to do, but it somehow it worked out for everybody. Um, I did like the the cast of characters that they chose mm-hmm. for for the game. You know, he kind of had one from every category there weren't any non-human characters in their little troop other than the unicorn right um but uh sheila the thief um hank the ranger who was kind of uh kind of their leader would you say of of their party Mm -hmm. um eric the cavalier um he reminded me of the way he was drawn and the way he sounded i mean i know who the voice was but he reminded me of john cusack Oh, interesting. I, just the dark hair and kind of handsome and tall. You know, I just like, that's that's a cartoon version of John Cusack. He made, he made me think of Reggie Mantle from the Archie show. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole idea is like, why are these other kids hanging out with this jerk? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Because he was always just, I'm doing my own. I'm going home. I don't care what yeah, you guys he's, he, I mean, he's a spoiled, rich jerk. Yeah. Yeah. And why he's hanging out with any of these other people. It, or why they haven't abandoned him by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was interesting. And he's in, he featured in one of my favorite episodes that we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about later. But um, yeah, Presto the Magician, um, we discussed he was helpful and, and in, involved and was part of the team. And yeah, well, let's, let's figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby the Barbarian. I mean, he just wanted to hit stuff, <laughs> which was great. Yeah, you know, um, and sometimes he would he would save the day, and sometimes he would just cause more problems. You know, he'd kind of jump the gun. Yeah. Um, dungeon master, the dungeon master character was really cool. Yeah, I thought because he was not part of the story, but you still need the dungeon master mm-hmm. for the story to work. Just just like in the game, mm-hmm. how you were explaining it to me earlier is, you know, there's a dungeon master that's kind of laying out the story and then it's up to the players to make the decisions yeah. on what to do. And as soon as he kind of laid out the game, he'd walk around a tree and he'd be gone. Yeah. He'd they disappear. speaking riddles and they get angry at him and then yeah. they need to go to confront him and he's gone. Yeah. But he would yeah. disappear every time and every time they were surprised, yeah. he disappeared. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Where do you go this time? Where he's gone again? Well, yeah, that's kind of his thing. That's never happened before. <laughs> Not since last Saturday. And I'm looking at it like, that's that's his thing. That's what he does. He comes and tells you what's going on, and then he leaves. Yeah, you know, you haven't figured that out by now. You're never getting home. <laughs> um, and Venger is the villain. Venger, yeah, he's Venger. Yeah, he was so cool. Yeah, uh, like, outside of the one horn, and you know, not two horn, asymmetrical thing. It mm-hmm. kind of honestly freaked me out a little bit. I'm like, why is he missing a horn? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, why can't he have? He's a, a, a magician or a wizard. Can he just? I got two horns now. Yeah, he's just an evil guy. And he's off. I mean, you just kind of wait for him to kind of start leaning off to the <laughs> inside because that's where the horn is. You think it's, it's so heavy. <laughs> and it's a big old horn yeah. sticking out of that helmet. You think it's like his left side is much stronger than his right. It must he's be. Hold, yeah, I got to hold him up. Yeah, he's got a hip replacement coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Frank Welker is uni, just you know, kind of cute comic relief. Yeah. This little miniature unicorn. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Did you? I don't remember. If you, did you mention Diana, the acrobat, who? Was criminally underused. Yes, um, she's a little bit. She's she's the one token character of color. Yep, and um, yeah, she's here and there. She's she's like a voice of reason periodically, mm-hmm. but she doesn't do nearly enough. Yeah, she's 
seems like she could really be helpful. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of in the background. Yeah. She's never really too involved. Yeah. And once in a while, she'd, she'd use her stick or baton or whatever you call it and do a couple of flips and distract whichever yeah. villain they were facing. And that was about it. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of the, the tricks because, I mean, they're using these, these classes which all were directly pulled from the game. So when you have an acrobat, I, I, they must have felt like they didn't couldn't come up with enough for her to do sure. it's the same with sheila the thief i mean she her character does more but like as a thief she doesn't because yeah how exciting is it to see somebody invisible walking around and doing things it, it doesn't make for a great visual <laughs> no <honestly. laughs> there's, nothing to, there's nothing to visualize <laughs> so it it's they're a little more limited in terms of you know obviously the the format that they're using and then you get to um the the magician or yeah magician so mm-hmm. there's a lot of power there if he's actually a competent magician so they have yeah. to make him bad right otherwise he just take over yeah i mean yeah this is really easy we don't need just a team go, we got a magician yeah, just go do a spell yeah <laughs> and so so as long as he's completely unreliable then it makes the the peril more realistic and then we need everybody yeah, more yeah. challenging Right. Um, but yeah, I think much of the story feels like it's driven through the other three, through Hank, Eric, and Bobby. Yeah. Because, and it's interesting the way their their characters are too. So Hank is the, as you mentioned, is kind of the de facto leader. He's a little bit more measured. He kind of takes like the overall look and that, which fits a ranger who fights from a distance, kind of he shoots an arrow. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of assessing everything first. More strategic. Yeah. You've got Eric, the cavalier, who is, is his, you know, cavalier is his, magic item is a shield so it's yeah. all about protection right and he's selfish and he's all about just like me first and i'm gonna make sure i'm okay sure and so it kind of fits in that bobby's like the hot-headed barbarian the eight-year-old he's like oh we gotta go do this gotta go do that and yeah. like you know something shiny go chase it right and so yeah it fits like the barbarian so mm-hmm. they, they fit but unfortunately they suck up a lot of the oxygen out of this cartoon yeah. because they right they they propel a lot of the stories unfortunately yeah well you mentioned you know the eric's magic um shield and hank's um energy bow and sheila the thief has the hood that makes her invisible Mm -hmm. so this is what wenger wants he wants their magic items he doesn't care if they go home or not right he just wants hey leave the magic stuff behind because (laughs) I want, I want that club. I want that shield. I want that bow and arrow. Um, so he, I don't think he was ever trying to prevent them from going home. He the, would rather they lay their things down and go. I, I can't remember the episode, but in one of the episodes, because they kind of lay out throughout like the first two seasons. I think maybe in the third, they finally summarize it. But So he has his goal is to conquer the realm, and he has three ways to do that. One is to um, destroy the dungeon master and the kids. Mm-hmm. The second is to acquire all of their totems and weapons. And then the third is to use those totems to conquer Tiamat. The dragon goddess, yeah. who is the one thing that stands in his way and the one thing he's afraid of. Right. So he needs more power, particularly through these weapons and totems, to acquire that power and then to be able to challenge her. Yeah. So they, these, the kids directly stand in his way and Dungeon Master obviously stand right. in, in kind of athwart him as he sure. tries to yeah. take over. But I mean, he's interesting and it's, Avenger feels like a legitimately, a legitimate threat. Yeah. Um, throughout the throughout oh yeah the he was scary yeah like yeah. he's and he's yeah he's like well go destroy them he's got his shadow thief minion who goes off the and, shadow character yeah who can go and um kind of 
She was like Peter Pan's shadow, but in a bizarro world version of Peter Pan's shadow. <laughs> exactly. Indentured, uh, indentured, indentured shadow. shadow. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. And then, of course, then there's there's Tiamat, who is the the five headed dragon goddess, who is actually directly pulled from the games. Um, and it's Tiamat's very famous with the Dungeons and Dragons in the, the cartoon. I was kind of I thought it was cool when Tiamat was there, but she always looked like like the body was just so big and clunky. Uh-huh. It's like yeah, I mean you have five. It's, it's a five headed dragon. Yeah, and if head does has a different like shoots fire or ice or something like right. that. But it's the the body that goes with it is just it's almost like a big elephant. With right. five, it didn't match. It, it felt really clunky and weird to yeah. me. But um, it wasn't as menacing as it should have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's kind of weird. But and then I always thought Dungeon Master looked like a toad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was really short and kind of rotund. Yes. And he had like a skullet, you know, like a bald skull and a mullet in the back. I call it a skullet. <laughs> the and white like, hair. Yeah. You're you're a powerful dungeon master. Can't you, you know, improve that? You know, I mean, if there's no hope for you <laughs> with hair loss, <laughs> you've given up. You've given up. <laughs> so have we all. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. He was he was drawn like not human at all. Yeah. It just seemed odd. He seemed like a cross between a dwarf and a ugly elf and yeah he's yeah he's like a yeah. he's like a hobbit but yes like yeah even the more smushed yeah like the midget hobbit <laughs> yes yeah yeah <laughs> like a wonder, hobbit got stepped on him yeah i didn't get a look at his feet but uh he may be part might be part <laughs> hobbit <laughs> yeah no it is interesting and the way that we, we can talk about the episodes in a minute but the the way that the series flowed every episode the first two seasons at least were very formulaic. Mm-hmm. The kids uh, are given a chance to go home by a dungeon master who gives them this riddle, essentially, yeah. that they need to figure out. Go here, and then something very, you know, confusing, and they're like, hey, wait, wait a second, then he disappears. Yeah. And then they have to go and follow. They, they, they grumble and complain that he disappeared, but they go. and But as things happen, they say, hey, remember dungeon master said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so yep. they take the clues, and they solve what whatever he needed to do. And pretty much every episode, the opportunity to leave yeah. arises, but they shirk it because One of something them. they need to save somebody else. Right. Or, somebody's in trouble or somebody yes. they just met needs their help and so they're they're learning lessons along the way take the high road yeah and, and so do what's right yeah so literally there's a portal there to go back home and they will know we yeah. had to do this and so we need to save these people yeah. instead so i mean it's it's actually a really nice message in terms of like right. look, you got to do the right thing as opposed mm. to the thing that you really want to do yeah um but it, it gets very formulaic through the first two seasons yeah i thought it was fun trying to figure out his the riddle mm-hmm. you know because it wasn't as an adult it wasn't difficult to right. figure out what the riddle meant but he'd, he'd tell you the riddle and then as those situations came up i felt like that leonardo dicaprio meme where he's pointing at the television <laughs> like there it is that's what he's talking about go there you know so i i kind of enjoyed watching it again and and having that um foresight from the riddle, like, oh, I, yeah, that's what they need. Yeah. So it was kind of fun to watch it because I felt like I was helping them solve the riddle, too. You know, right. they couldn't hear me, right. clearly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I would go, oh, my God, that's it. That's it. They got to go there. Yeah. You know, so then I was, like, rooting for them. Like, yeah, they figured it out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's always a false start in there somewhere. Like, what's the very first episode? He tells them to beware the wizard with the white hair. 
And right. like 10 minutes, like 30 seconds later, there's a guy calling himself Merlin with a, holding a white rabbit. White rabbit. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, well, no, we got to worry about the, the wizard with the white hair. Yeah, they didn't get hair, it. Hair, yeah. H-A-R-E. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, this is going to drag. But no, I mean, it, but yeah, you're right. It, it actually flowed well. And it yeah. actually, you know, it's logical in terms of like if they were confused by something as to or they just like, oh, no, wait, then it would the, that realization would dawn on them. Yeah. So. But yeah, you're right. Very formulaic. There mm-hmm. was there's here's the riddle. Go get into trouble, figure it out, have a chance to go home, but do the right thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you get to season three, which clearly they, that's when they saw the writing on the wall that, all right, we may not make it through the season because suddenly they start, it starts feeling a little bit more of a serial and not just, you know, a a, one-off episode. One-off every single time because suddenly they're introducing whatever relationship between Dungeon Master and Venger and all these other characters related to them start popping up yeah and the episodes start to feel more directly connected to each other right which right i wish the, they would have started doing sooner right, right and they may have not gotten canceled exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it was um yeah it, it it makes sense though when you as you start watching it, you kind of see where the where the red flags popped up for cbs sure so yeah um it's hard to tell those kinds of fantasy stories without fantasy violence mm-hmm. You know, and CBS is like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure about this because you've already got a bad rap with the whole parents think you're <laughs> killing children type of thing. But um, you're killing it with ratings. So what do we do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's money involved. <laughs> That's the question they ask. Um, did you notice that um, Sheila, the thief, was only called thief like in the beginning credits and then everyone calls her Sheila? Yeah. But John Master calls everyone, you know, ranger cavalier Mm -hmm. magician but when it comes to sheila the thief she's just sheila (laughs) i thought that was so yeah i thought that was so weird i'm like why i just didn't understand like oh there's all these really cool names and there's sheila i wonder if there's a concern about using thief as a oh maybe yeah the perception that she's a yeah the negative connotation she's a thief she's stealing things and yeah that's true because all the rest of them have kind of well besides barbarian Mm -hmm. but like acrobat cavalier ranger Mm -hmm. you know those are all positive names yeah like a magician has a slightly better connotation than wizard which you know right. wizard could be evil but yeah nobody thinks oh evil magicians unless, yeah there's no evil magicians unless you're watching frosty the snowman that's true <laughs> <laughs> he's not necessarily evil as opposed to incompetent incompetent and you know he had a case <laughs> finders versus keepers exactly yeah. yeah um i thought the character mix was was good mm-hmm. um but yeah, I just thought it was weird that she was just Sheila. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Was, <laughs> but I think you're right. I think the thief thing is like, eh, that's a negative connotation. Right. We'll, we'll go with Sheila. Yeah. Is, are there any episodes that really jumped out at you? Like that really kind of, yeah, these are the highlights. Yeah, for me, um, I'm kind of out of order on these. Um, but my favorite was season two, episode seven, The Dragon's Graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're trying to get home, foiled by Venger. Um, and the frustration just boils over for these kids. They're like, Ugh, we, we were almost there and this guy's thwarting us every time. Mm-hmm. You know, they were in a situation where they were going to be able to go home. There was no other good deed to do. The best option was to go home. Mm-hmm. And Wenger thwarted them. So they decided to start playing offense. Well, and then not only did he thwart them, but Wenger also in gravely injured Uni, the mm-hmm. unicorn. Bobby's, right. Bobby's unicorn pet. buddy. Yeah, the little cute. Unicorn, yeah. like, yeah. why are you killing him? Why the one you... animal in the entire show that doesn't talk. Right. And you're, <laughs> you're after him. It's like Pluto. Um, 
Yes. So their idea is, you know, from the art of war, my enemy's enemy is my friend. Mm -hmm. So they go to Tiamat and say, you know, here's the deal. (laughs) We want to get rid of this guy. Um, So they disregard Dungeon Master's next mission. Like, no, we got to play offense now. We're Mm -hmm. we're going after this guy, which I thought was kind of a a cool twist. Mm -hmm. And it kind of broke up the formula a little bit. Yeah. and, and Dungeon Master's like, I'm not sure you want to do that. Um, but he tells him where he can find Tiamat anyways, mm-hmm. you know. I'm not sure you want to, but here you go. Yeah, in the titular d- dragon graveyard. In the dragon graveyard. Yeah. Well, I mean, where else would you look for a five-headed <laughs> dragon? Um, you know, and that's where old dragons go to die. Um, but they go find the graveyard, but Venger's following them mm-hmm. the whole time. But I, I liked that episode because it was like, they were finally going to fight back. They're like we've had enough of this. We're going to fight back. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, for Saturday morning, that's a heavy look at violence, Mm -hmm. um, revenge, and the the reality of death through the eyes of kids. And do we, do we take him out? Meaning do we kill him? Right. um, If we get the chance and, and you have, and there's actually a discussion within the group. Like we, you know, Bobby is all for it because he hurt uni. Hank is, Seems like he's really leaning towards it. Everybody else is like, "Well, I don't know about it." Right. But when the time comes, Hank has Hank has the kill shot, yeah. and he instead of instead of sh- trying to kill Venger, he actually shoots and shoots arrow, and he breaks his bonds and he frees him. Yeah. He's like, "No, this is we can't do this." Right. And that this is the episode. Funny of all this, um, because of that, they will they or won't they kill Venger? That's the one that. That was the biggest red flag that CBS saw. That's where they kept getting all the complaints. So like, yeah. what kind of show is this? So they're talking sure. about kids killing a mm-hmm. bad guy. Yeah, it was a turning point. Yes. I mean, and obviously years. they didn't kill him. And mm-hmm. But there was like a frank discussion within it within these characters. Yeah. And see, that's where I think CBS is like, yeah, they almost they, – it sounds like they almost canceled it. Yeah. At that point, they gave some stern warnings to mm-hmm. – um, to the production companies and they, you know, TSR and Marvel is like, okay, well, this may not last. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get all our ideas out in the next six episodes <laughs> yeah. before we have to go. Yeah. Well, next seven episodes, as far as they were concerned, but oh, right. they did not yeah. make it to seven not episodes. Make it seven. Yeah. yeah. So they did six. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, uh, definitely stands out amongst the other episodes is um, the Dragon's Graveyard. Yeah. And it moves. It, it's a... Uh, Mm-hmm. For all these, for you know, I mean, they're all twenty-two minutes long, but that's the one that just like it. It feels like it goes right. quickly. Like, wow, that was a. Well, I was watching it again, um, thinking like, you know, normally your your cartoon heroes are always playing defense. Mm-hmm. They're never going on offense. They're always right. protecting somebody. They're saving somebody. They're saving something. They're thwarting the evil guy's plan. Mm-hmm. But this was like, oh, no, we're going after you. Right. <laughs> we're going on offense, which was very different. Yeah. Um, for any kind of, you know, all of a sudden they became the anti-hero, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that one really stuck out to me. I'm glad you liked that one, too. Yeah, that was, I think that was probably my favorite episode. Just yeah. Because it was so... Well, and probably because it's for us. I mean, it's much more adult than the rest of the true like, everything else that we've been watching. <laughs> right, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, another episode I like, season one, episode eleven, the box, um, where there's an earthquake. Um, the kids walk on, but Hank falls in and finds this um, box, and it's Zandora's box. Not to be confused with Pandora's box, <laughs> but Zandora's box, and it's a magical device that could be good things or bad things depending on where you open it so it's more of a portal than than a box of things um 
but it can get them home, but they need to freeze Andorra first to truly use its power. Um, and she can be released from her captivity by placing the box in, of course, Skull Mountain. You know, let's find a scary place for you guys to do this. Um, and they have to open it exactly at noon, you know, which is classic. Right. You know, right? when the sun is highest in the east sky or whatever, you know. Um, they freeze Andorra and she can she tells them where to put the box to go home. And they put the box there and they see home. Um, but Wenger thwarts their plans again. Um, and he isn't going to let them escape because right. he needs those items or he needs to destroy them. <laughs> um, so I think that one was probably the closest they came to getting home. Mm -hmm. um, in my opinion, I'm like, that's that's a real legit way to get home. There wasn't a spell involved. Right. There was, it was like, here's the door, open it. Yeah. 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 And the, one of the ones that, that jumped out at me is the the quest for the skeleton warrior, which is season mm -hmm. one, I believe episode nine. Yeah. And that's where they're in that Canyon. Yeah. So the, the kids meet this skeleton warrior. His name is Dekion, which I thought that's a cool fantasy name. That's sure. Cool. And he, um, they, they discover, so they end up stuck in all like basically within like their worst fears and they yeah. have to overcome their worst fears and they actually can communicate and talk and talk each other through it, which is really cool. Yeah. And they work together and they're trying to find this ring of power essentially that, Tekion says he's going to use to uh, free himself, but mm -hmm. actually he's a minion Avenger and he lies about it until he, they confront him with it. And Dungeon Master, of course, is like, I don't know if you guys should listen to him. Do that, yeah. and, and eventually <laughs> and, and it comes to you, you find out that, you know, you get Tekion's past. He was a traitor to mm -hmm. his fellow soldiers and became under the thrall of Avenger. Sure. And the end of this episode, he basically seeks redemption and he he earns it because he helps them understand through their understanding and working with them to actually fight back against venger and realize he's like look i can't just be selfish i need to help other people right and he does and then of course he he earns his humanity back mm -hmm. because he actually sought the redemption like the right way instead yeah. of just being selfish so i thought that was really cool and just like the whole idea of the skeleton warrior named Dekiana, yeah like, well, that's just like that's classic fantasy that's good for stuff. sure yeah it was cool. And I think that was one of the better um, written episodes mm -hmm. because of, you know, they're all facing their fears and mm -hmm. they're working each other through it. I thought it was pretty cool. And they each get a spotlight in terms of, yeah, exactly. kind of see into each character, which you don't necessarily in every episode. No, so. no, yeah. not at all. Um, uh, one of the episodes that I thought was the funniest um, was Beauty and the Bog Beast. <laughs> do you remember the Bog Beast? I, I do. They're like frog people. Um, and <laughs> yeah, they're kind of frogs. Yeah. 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 And they're kind of simpletons. You know, they're, they're not very bright, um, but they're happy, you know, and what's wrong with that? They're fine. Right. You know? But they, the kids, Dungeon Master tells them to go find a river that runs upside down. I'm like, well, what? Um so they once a year, this river reverses its course and rains, rains upward for 60 seconds. And if they go through it during that time, they can go anywhere they want. Of course, where they want to go is home. Mm -hmm. um, but Dungeon Master in his riddle says they must never touch the beauty that brings the beast. But Eric, being Eric, sees a flower and picks it <laughs> and gets turned into a bog beast. <laughs> So he's upset because he's so vain, and now he's this ugly bog beast character, and that's hilarious to me, right. seeing him as this bog beast, and he's <laughs> so frustrated, and he can't stand his own skin now, um, and he can't undo the spell, he thinks he's going to be stuck that way forever, so 
they now the kid's dilemma is do, do we find our way home or do we find a cure for Eric? <laughs> well, and they find a cure for Eric. And then what made me laugh out loud was the bog beast see that Eric the bog beast has turned back into Eric the handsome cavalier and they apologize like we're so sorry you're ugly now. <laughs> They were disappointed for him because he, he <laughs> so went back to his own form, but now he's ugly. <laughs> he had everything going for you. Now, yeah. now and look the, at you. The bog beast talked to like, like frogs, you yeah, know? Like the little croak in their... Yeah, the little croak in their vowels. And I just thought it was great. It stunk like they have gas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I loved that episode. I just thought it was funny. And the bog beasts appear in a couple other episodes, too. Yeah. And they were they were my favorite characters outside of the main group i just yeah. i just thought they were fun yeah the one the one i really liked too is the city at the edge of midnight mm-hmm. and that's one where kids from both the the realm that they're in and then also the real world where they're from yeah are being snatched up from their beds at nighttime like right at, at like right just before midnight sure they get they get snatched by this creature called the night walker and he's legitimately like a creepy scary looking yeah villain he's the boogeyman (laughs) and he basically has this city that's full of enslaved children who have this he has this giant machine that he uses to keep time at exactly 11 59 as long as it's as long as it doesn't strike midnight he he retains his power yeah and so that's what these kids are just pulled in and one of the I mean, just a really cool villain. It's a really cool concept. I just love the name of the, the, the two, the City at the Edge of Midnight. It's such sure. a cool name for a yeah. cartoon. And then you add in this element where while well, the kids – so Bobby gets snatched and they go and they find him and they find another kid from their hometown. So they don't know. They feel like – I mean, we're, we've been episodes. I mean, this is season two. They've been there forever. Yeah. And they meet this kid from their hometown and he's he still thinks he's dreaming – He's like, oh, yeah, you guys, you guys are, you guys, I mean, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, you guys disappeared at the fair today. Ha, ha, ha. Right. <laughs> so, so they've been, like, obviously time is not running parallel. Yeah. So they've been there for how long? And here's this one, you know, one kid who's, it's only been a matter of hours. So depending on what time of day that they went disappearing sure. and he thinks it's funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they, you kind of get a sense of, you know, how time, so they're not like, you know, they're not losing that much as much time of you know the yeah well every time back. there was a portal the the carnival was still going on or the amusement right. park was still open so yeah I assumed that time was not moving very mm-hmm. fast at home yeah the, and this yeah. kind of confirms it that it was just yeah you know, it's not a parallel movement of time so but it was kind of, that was kind of a cool look into what yeah. they you know they have this fear of what they're missing out on they kind of get that, that sense of it right but then you add to this this really cool villain in the night walker and this cool concept of like yeah they're just preventing time from just preventing the clock from striking midnight sure. and they're able to throw him the this clock booms one time and he's like ah and yeah, he's gone that's it yeah yeah, really but cool. City at the Edge of Midnight I agree with you that's a cool title yeah and that would be a cool title for anything yeah like a Tom Clancy novel yeah the city at the edge of midnight yeah, or they, a rock band, the city at the edge of midnight, you know? Well, and, and honestly, some it'd be of, a good prom theme too. You know, some of the coolest things in this, uh, about this, uh, this cartoon are actually the, the titles. Uh-huh. There's like some of my favorites, like the night of no tomorrow is the very first one, which is cool. Um, let's see the, the quest for the skeleton warrior, the girl who dreamed tomorrow. Okay. You let's do this. You give me a title and I'll give you, 
what it could have been instead of an episode of this cartoon. Um, Day of the... Well, that's not a good one because this is clearly Dungeon Master. <laughs> Child of the Stargazer. Child of the Stargazer is a David Bowie album. <laughs> that's my first thought, too. <laughs> uh, Odyssey of the Twelfth Talisman. Odyssey of the Twelfth Talisman could be a James Bond book. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Dungeon at the Heart of Dawn. Dungeon at the Heart of Dawn is a um, Josh Hartnett military movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds like some horror movie from uh, oh, sure. Lovecraft. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the episodes, including the titles, it was well written. Yeah. Um, I didn't, there weren't plots that were like, oh, come on. Yeah. You know, I thought it was well written. I thought the the characters' dialogue was mostly good. Um, Eric the Cavalier got annoying, um, which I think was part of the point, you know, the point right. of that character. Um, but yeah, the, the titles are awesome and the... Um, the writing was really good. Yeah. And I, I did mention, I, I don't want to go into detail on it, but uh, one other one that I'd put on my list of episodes worth noting is The Child of the Stargazer. Yeah. Because we talked about the before, and it's one where Diana actually becomes a featured character. It's right. like the one time where she, like the, fo- the spotlight the only is on time her. where they, yeah. And, and that's another one where you get to the very end, and there's a portal where they just have to walk through it. And she sacrifices herself. Mm-hmm. She's like, you guys can go. I need to stay here. And they're like, oh, crap. Now we got to stay now here. Stay. Yeah. And uh, But it's, yeah, that's it's, it's a cool idea. And for her to get some focus was really mm-hmm. good. Because it, it, it much needed for that one character who never, never really got a spotlight. Right. Yeah. I wonder if, like, because you hear stories about television actors. Like, hey, what's my character's arc? I want to go someplace with this. And. Maybe they get frustrated and they leave the show. Right. Do, voice actors must have the same wants and desires when, when their character is not being written into right. any of the episodes. Right. Like, hey, look, you either put me in this or, or I'm out. You know? Right. Um, yeah. So I was I was happy to see that as well. It yeah. was like, oh, my God, finally we get to learn who she is, you know. Yeah. So there is one more episode that we should talk about, and it's one that never aired. Right. And that's the unaired finale. So the unproduced finale, which I should say was uh, Requiem. And I do want to correct myself. I think I, earlier I said 26. So this is actually a 27 episode Plus series. this one. Plus this. One. So it's 27 okay. plus Requiem, which was the un, unproduced finale. Um, it was actually scripted by writer Michael Reeves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never made it to the animation stage. It was the, the axe had fallen on the show before that point. Yeah. So there was a script... Um, and many people claim that this is the final episode. Mm-hmm. You know, 27 episodes aired on television, but there's this other episode and, you know, there's a there's an ongoing debate on which of these is the final episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you can find it now, right? You can. So they so the, the script it actually came out. They released it on, as a bonus on the the DVD set of the series when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And then so it was performed as a radio drama. Yeah, and then that radio drama was then turned around, and a fan made a an actually an episode, and it's available on YouTube. Yeah, you can find it on there, um, which is interesting because so the voice of Sheila, the voice of Sheila, actually that that actress came back and reprised her role. Yeah, and, and played it in there, and um, so it, it, was, it was interesting. Well, she probably wanted the chance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it is available. It's it's, it's a combination of like some. Um, like cart, like comic book panels. It's like you know, it's not all animated. It's right. you know, it's visual. It's all visual there. But they they definitely animate the very end. But um, it's fun because you feel like you're you're getting a treat. Yes. You no, know, like this is the the basement tapes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was cool. 
Yeah, and and the the way it works out, you know, without really he 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 had written it and it, it writes it, it writes as if it was a season slash series finale series because finale. the the entire Avenger Dungeon Master storyline is wrapped up, right? Um, it's resolved, and then the the kids are given a choice to either go home. So if the series ends, mm-hmm. they, you assume they went home, and if they they're on, or they can stay and have more adventures, right? Um, but they would be without the assistance of Dungeon Master sure. and without the opposition of Avenger. Right. And if the series would go on, clearly that would be the choice that they made. But yeah. but yeah. here we are. But yeah. none of that ever made it. To right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, which left everyone hanging. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one more thing I want to talk about before we get to good, bad, and the ugly, and that's the the merchandising of the show. Yeah. So. At a time when there's He-Man, Transformers, Rainbow Bright, all these things that G.I. Joe, the the toys and the merchandise come first, and then the show comes second. This one, it's a masterclass in how not to merchandise your yes. <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, um, there were some action figures that were put out with the Dungeon Dragons name. They were not these the main characters from. I think one one or two of them were actually made like cameo appearances in the show. Yeah, but. You couldn't go and buy a Bobby the Barbarian action figure. You couldn't get a stuffed uni anywhere. No. None of that existed anywhere. Right. Uh, interestingly enough, um, 40 years later, they are um, now coming out with action figures of these characters. That's so weird. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Um, you can actually pre-order them on Target right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> and then... Not and, that you've looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. Just in, in terms of some of the research on that, like I, I stumbled across like, hey, they're... You'd see like the promo shots for these these figures, yeah. And um, and on top of that, and I showed you. So they Dungeons and Dragons released a, a new starter set for the game itself, right. a tabletop game. And in the illustrations are these characters. Yeah, they're not named in the in any of the works. It's just, but it's just, but they're these characters. Yeah, the I mean, it is clearly, yeah, clearly. it's clearly Diana and and Hank on the cover of it Absolutely. fighting a dragon, right? Um, which is really cool. So there's there's the nod that they're finally like acknowledging that you know people recognize these and we can profit off of this. And, right. But it took them 40 years to do so, which is kind of curious. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like a whole generation of children passed. Right. You know. More than, more do than. Do you think generation. it's because were they afraid that that type of merchandising was going to dilute the game, the board game that they were? I wonder if it was, if the, if somebody would buy those action figures and then switch over to the game and like, wait, wait, what? where's, where's Hank? Yeah. Where's Hank? Where's Bobby? Yeah, where's... I want to be Eric. Why can't I be Eric? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, was, that technically, was my they probably could have, but yeah, yeah, it's a little bit, it's not quite the same. And so, I mean, it's a different audience. You could create your character and call it Sheila. Yeah. If you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't call her a thief. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there must have been. I, I don't know. Or there, they just were given some bad advice and decided to follow that. So right. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to put on toys and stuff no, that the kids are watching. That's silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like that. Don't give them toys of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, it was an interesting little twist. But mm-hmm. um, so what? Uh, what was good? What were you I, good? You know, I mentioned that the writing was good. Mm-hmm. I thought that to have twenty-seven episodes and come up with a different adventure and feature a different character strength in each one i thought was cool i thought the writing was really good Mm -hmm. um none of the dialogue seemed i mean it was cartoon dialogue children dialogue but it didn't seem that way it seemed a little more mature Mm -hmm. the dialogue there wasn't any forced jokes you know that were Mm -hmm. like "Ah, ah," you know right it was was good writing that's 
that's what I came to. Yeah, and it felt like the the subject matter was a little heavier than you were, you would normally expect on a sure. Saturday morning. But right, um, yeah, I love the, the adventure. There's a lot of really good adventure, and not just kind of like the same thing over. It felt like a little bit more meaningful. There were different. You it know, wasn't super friends type battles. It was sure. like yeah. Well, in in that world, they had other worlds to go to mm-hmm. and other locations, yep. and and that location became another character yeah. of that episode, which I thought was neat. Yeah, and you saw a mix of different types of adventures. It wasn't the same thing. Mm-hmm. The villains, I thought, across the board were just really cool. I mean, they've, yeah. they're they pulling from a really cool vat of uh, a base of, of villains from the game, but um thought they translated them well. And, and they had great names. Yeah, and well, and then the episode titles were... Episode titles were awesome. Yeah, were awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, about your, how about your bad? Um... Yeah, I did. You know, other than you know, watching it as an adult, the violence didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But I could see being a parent of an eight-year-old watching this, going, "Whoa, what are they doing there?" Yeah. Um, so, I, I, if I had to pick something, you know, I would mm-hmm. say that um, you know the underuse of the, of the one token colored character mm-hmm. I thought was weird, but yeah. Um, overall. Yeah, that's what I would go with is just the the violence was a, a level above mm-hmm. their target audience. I yeah, think. yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I agree that the lack of equal focus on all six characters. Right. Um, kind of really stuck in my craw a bit. And um, the the character of Eric, when he is annoying, he is really, really annoying. annoying. <laughs> and it's like over the top. Yeah. And for those first two seasons, because it's it's. It's just the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. It's not serial. There's no character growth. It's just the same thing. So he's always he's like, come on, man. We did this like five episodes in a row. Learn your lesson. <laughs> and it isn't until, again, yeah. once they started tying some of the episodes together for the final season, mm-hmm. you start to see him grow. There's a one episode where he becomes the dungeon master. And you can yeah. see literally that sticks with him the rest of the episode. Right. He learned. The, the remaining three episodes. But yeah. Whatever. I was always waiting for Hank to pull him aside and go, hey, look, dude. <laughs> You need to grow up. We're in a world of hurt here. We're all trying to get home. Just stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah, come on. You're, you're, you're whining more than the eight-year-old. Because exactly. the eight-year-old's here to take names and kick butt, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, really, that's in terms of the bad, That that's really what I like come up with. I mean, there's... Yeah. This, yeah. And in terms of just sheer bad, that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. And for the ugly, I mean... <laughs> The bog master, the bog creatures were kind of ugly. Um, it, Eric's constant snottiness to me was like, oh, come on, get rid of this dude. You yeah. know, like this sucks. He yeah. sucks. I hate him. Just get rid of him. <laughs> I know you need, you need that character, but come on, that's enough. You know, yeah. he needs to learn eventually. Yeah. You know, not to act like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I really didn't have any ugly. I mean, there was nothing that was other than just, you know, the token character who kind of gets buried in the background. Yeah. But there was nothing overtly offensive. No, or, no, they didn't. And it's, it's didn't. timeless. Really. The stories are timeless. Yeah. It, so. it holds up really well mm-hmm. to watch it now. I mean, it, I think it works really well. Yes, yeah. and and again, those those heavier, like more serious themes and and ideas behind it, I think add to that and make it that much better. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. So, did you have a final score for it? Yeah, you know, so overall, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. this cartoon. I thought they were fun. I thought the writing was really good. I think any cartoon that that carries enough water that you can get Peter Cullen and Frank Welker in it. Um, is up there for me. And I really, I had a lot of fun watching this. Um, you know, I never played the game, but I, I like the 
the adventure and storytelling mm-hmm. type stuff. So I honestly, I'm putting this at an eight because nice. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I ended up with a seven. I it kind of went. I I fluctuated a bit with this one. I mean the the adventure is great. The ideas are really good. I think where I struggled with it is some of it's the repetition. Sure. Um, and then part of it is, and the thing that I, I that I realized why I didn't watch it that much as a kid and yeah. why is some of the, a lot, there's a lot of episodes like, I don't really want to go back and watch that one again. Yeah. Like there'll be stuff that where it's really good, but there's a lot of slower moments where I'm like, I just don't want to, I, I don't sure. want to deal with this. I so go that. there's some of the less interesting elements. Sure. And, and I, and I can say, um, the one thing I can tell you that would have turned me off as a kid yeah. is the Bobby character. Oh, like, so I was, yeah, when this is, I was eight, nine, you know, I was like the same age. I don't want that story told through my, I don't need to live vicariously through that. Like, right. I don't want to be in that situation. No, I don't need myself to be rep- represented. And I mean, that's, I, I, I know that as a kid, like, I don't care about that. I don't yeah. want, I don't want, why is this whiny kid there? Get him out of there. <laughs> Send <laughs> Somebody, him back. He needs a babysitter. So stuff like that would have. Who t- gave the eight year old the club? <laughs> <laughs> gives an eight-year-old a club <laughs> um that that's something that you know young me would have that would have taken me out and, and again mm-hmm. it was like God, this yeah. kid's a little i mean it's an eight-year-old I don't right know, so i think in 83 right mm-hmm. i was 11 so eight-year-olds were little kids <laughs> to me when i was 11 you know <laughs> um yeah, so we have a little different perspective on it, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, no one wants to be. That's yeah. not what I am. So between a, a yeah a whiny eight year old and just like the slower moments, yeah, where I just wasn't. I, again, and I look at it and like everything about this is something that just like it ticks every box for me. But there's the slower sure. moments where the writing just it feels like I'm just like I can't. Well, they invested in it. Yeah, they tried to soften Bobby's hyperactivity (laughs) with the cute little unicorn. Yeah. You know, he had a soft spot for this little (laughs) unicorn. And it seems like the rest of the crew, they're like, yeah, what is this stupid little unicorn? (laughs) Is that thing still here? This thing's still around? (laughs) Just let it go. We we haven't eaten in three days. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I, I seven. I, I like I said, at one point I was a little bit higher. At one point I was a little bit lower. But sure. it's just kind of like you know, part of it's coming at the rewatchability to it. Like I exactly. really enjoyed it. I really did. But yeah, I don't need to go back and like. There's a handful of episodes. The ones I mentioned, I I would go back and watch those multiple times. But some of them I just like, eh, yeah, yeah, I don't need that again. I'm good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah, I enjoyed watching this one. I thought I thought it was fun. Yeah. Not the best cartoon I've ever seen, but th- clearly not the worst. I thought no, it was good. It, it was definitely entertaining and definitely worth watching. I think. Yeah. If you, especially if you're in like that fantasy realm, it's just it's it's really good. It holds Very up cool. well. It does. So, what do you want to do next? Uh, I think we need a little bit more music into our mix. Looks more a little bit more music into our repertoire. So, I think we should go with uh, Josie and the Pussycats next. Oh, okay, cool. As long as they don't have a character like that clown in Archie, though. We all hate and we wonder why he's there, but No, yeah. they couldn't possibly have a character like that. Right? <laughs> right. No. How could they how could they possibly? And I do want to be clear where we're doing Josie and the Pussycats, not Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. Oh good. <laughs> good. I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> well, I hear mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.